goodness, story. Yeah, yeah, some joke. Ugh, here we go again. Me, here we go again, me, me, me. You're ruining our camp out, Pastor Andrew. Either cheer up or get back inside. Yeah, you've been a grump all night. Nuh-uh, you have. Uh, no, you have. Nuh-uh, you! Nuh-uh, no, you! Calm down, you two. Relax. Look at us. Camping out here in the Story Center backyard. It's been ages since we've had a sleepover with just us. We have these snappy, matching, rough wool pajamas. A nice big campfire roaring, safely zipped up in here with us. Smoke tickling our noses, making us dizzy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I guess it doesn't totally suck. What's eating you, Pastor Andrew? It's just... It's just... I'm super down in the dumps because it's been so long since I've heard any stories about spooky monsters. Aw, Pastor Andrew. Why didn't you say something, you goof? (laughs) Sister Callista and I are lousy with spooky monster stories. No, you're just saying that. Nuh-uh, honest. Well, well... Maybe if I heard two spooky monster stories, it might turn this frown upside down. Well, I've got the cure that ails you right here. For the consideration of the Spooky Story Society, I call this tale The Curse of the Frasia's Return. It was one of those stale summer Los Angeles days. The kind where the wind throws up its hands and decides it's too tired to blow. The only breeze came from the ceiling fan in my dark office. It creaked and groaned with every slow rotation, like even it didn't want to punch into work today. My chair creaked as I reclined and put my dusty wingtips on my desk. I took long drags on a crocroa slim, blowing greasy rings of smoke that stuck to the ceiling before dripping back down to the floor. (laughs) That's right, Charlie. This was back in the day when you could still smoke rolled crow crowas out of a square pack. Back before Uncle Sam and his gang of congressional goons brought the hammer down on enterprising congregants looking to make an honest buck off of giving a fella a buzz. I was ready to call it a day when there was a knock at my door. Hmm, I groaned. The door opened and my secretary peeked his head in. Someone's here for you. He growled in a high voice like a canine choir boy. He stared upward and sneezed with his whole body, the way dogs do. (laughs) Gesundheit. I didn't know wolfmen get allergies, I said. Just like anyone else, my secretary casually barked as he wiped his nose with a sticky paw. We're still part men, you know. I nodded. Send him in, I said. The wolfman acknowledged my command with a bark. Good boy, I said, stamping out the greasy ash of my crocroa slim. My new client floated into my office with the poise of old money. He was made up in black like a fresh widow. A small black hat sat on his head like a fez, and black lace hung over his eyes like a spiderweb. 
His getup looked like he was playing a hand too hard, trying to convince me of something. The same way fellas who write noir stories use too many similes. He sat across from me and made himself at home. You know it's rude to sit without asking permission, I said. You seem like a dame who doesn't like to waste a chair, he said. I loved wasting chairs. You seem like a guy who makes a lot of assumptions, I said. He smiled and sat back, folding his hands in his lap. A friend of mine got himself wrapped up with mummies and made himself scarce with something pretty important to me, he said. I laughed. <laughs> Buddy, do you know how many cases I get about people who get wrapped up with mummies? None? He asked. I paused. This is the first time, I admitted. What did he take? Doesn't matter. What matters is I need it back and quick, he said. He took my lighter off my desk, pulled out a Prepsi Mild and took a drag. You know those things will kill you, right? I said. The man winked and pulled a business card out of his bra. He slid it across my desk. This is the last place I saw him. Maybe he's still there. Maybe he skipped. Who knows? But if you hurry, I'll make it worth your while. With that, the fella stood up, adjusted his widow's hat, and turned to leave. So what's with the getup? I asked. He slowly faced me. All my suits are at the dry cleaners, he said. He opened the door and squeezed past my secretary, the wolfman, who came in and shut the door behind him. He took a seat and licked his paws. Something about that guy stinks, he said. You got a good nose on you, I said. I flipped over the card the fellow left on my desk. I read the address and the room spun. 5550 Wilshire Boulevard, home of the best Five Guys Burgers and Fries in all of Los Angeles. Nothing bad was gonna happen at a Five Guys Burgers and Fries under my watch. I shot up from my desk, grabbed my hat, and split, leaving the card behind. The Five Guys Burgers and Fries was quiet as a church at midnight. I had my pea shooter drawn. If I came across any thugs, they were gonna get a belly full of peas. That's right, legumes. I had the gun custom made. My eyes adjusted to the darkness, and I saw light coming in through the kitchen doors. I crept to the door, set a quick grease upon me, and burst in, gat drawn. The only fellow waiting for me was tied to a chair, beaten to a pulp, with a stack of papers in his lap. I holstered my gun and crept towards him, past the deep fryers that make Five Guys Burgers and Fries French-style potatoes so irresistible. When I finally reached him, my heart dropped to my minge. It was Pastor Andrew. Story Christ, I shouted. Pastor Andrew moaned and slowly came to. The stack of papers on his lap fell to the floor. I reached to pick them up. It was a script titled The Mummy Four, Frasier Rising, the final installment of the Mummy series, The Final Curse. Pastor Andrew struggled in the chair. Brendan, Frasier, he wheezed, passing out once more. I slapped him a few times to get him to come to and punched him in the face because why not, when the hair on my neck stood up. Someone was behind me. You just had to keep digging, didn't you? A voice called out. No funny stuff. 
easy, I shouted, putting my hands in the air, slowly facing him. A fella in a nice gray suit stood before me with a gun pointed at my gut. He was wearing a black hat with lace covering his eyes. The fella from earlier. He laughed and dropped the hat to the floor, revealing his terrible identity. Brendan Fraser. Gasp! I gasped. A double cross! I cried, gasping. Your suits weren't at the dry cleaners at all! His treachery turned my blood ice cold. Shut up! He commanded. But why? Brendan Fraser sneered as he crept towards me. That's the best script in Hollywood history, see? But on account of me not being in movies no more, I needed a little cheddar to grease some palms and get it in front of the right people, see? So I thought of Pastor Andrew here. With Hollywood friends like Dax Shepard, I know we can get that thing made. And when Pastor Andrew passed, well, (laughs) I had to give him a little blanket party. Tuned him up real nice, see? You're a monster, I said, voice quivering. The phrase cackled with a demonic laugh. He grabbed me by the collar and stuck his gun in my belly. I'm no monster, he whispered in my ear. I'm just Canadian. I was seconds away from passing on to my greasy reward when a clang shot through the kitchen. He croaked, dropping to the floor. Behind him was my secretary, the Wolfman, holding a steel spatula in his hand. The same spatula Five Guys Burgers and Fries used to flip signature charcoal patties. The Wolfman dropped it to the floor, got down on all fours, and bit Brendan Fraser on the business end of his tuckus. <laughs> cried Brendan Fraser. The Wolfman leapt back as Brendan Fraser writhed on the ground. Slowly, his skin started to bubble. He expanded like a balloon, then shrank down to the size of a baby. This kept up, blowing up, shrinking, blowing up, shrinking, when finally, pop! He burst into a million bugs. The bugs scattered across the floor in every direction until they were out of sight. The wolfman held out his paw and helped me back up. How did you find me? I asked. You left the address on your desk. And I wanted to help if a Five Guys Burgers and Fries was in trouble. Then, when I realized it was Brendan Fraser, I knew I had one chance to bite him. Everyone knows Canadians turn into bugs when they get dog bit, he growled gently. He was right. Well, it's not the Five Guys Burgers and Fries I'm worried about. It's this mook right here, I said, nodding towards Pastor Andrew. He'll be fine. But no one can ever see this, he barked, picking up the script. He flipped through the first few pages, whimpered, and vomited on the floor. It's horrible. No way we can get Rachel Weiss attached to this, he growled. I took the script out of his paws, turned on the deep fryer, and dropped it in. It bubbled as it disintegrated and sank to the bottom. The wolfman began to untie Pastor Andrew. Hey, Wolfie. I said, pulling out a crocroa slim and sticking it between my lips. You're a good boy, I told him. He nodded. The wolfman wagged his tail as Pastor Andrew came to. Pastor Andrew looked around the room, eyes bruised and lip bleeding. Now that's what I call a hairy situation, he wheezed. 
We all cracked the fuck up. But I guess the few pages of the script the wolfman did see really got to his nerves. A few dog months later, he drew a hot bath, downed a dog bowl of high-proof brown, and put a silver bullet between his ears. Brendan Fraser claimed one last victim, and it was the best summer of my life. Wow, Sister Callista, I'm sp-sp-sp-sp-spooked. And I'm feeling better already. But that was only one story, and I asked for two. And at any moment, I might lose my fucking mind. Hey, hey, hey buddy, here. buddy. Oh, Pastor Andrew, why don't you swallow a chill pill with a hot crocroa? Because I've got a Whopper right here, and I'm not talking to Burger King. <laughs> For the consideration of the Spooky Story Society, I call this tale The Grave Finger. This was a summer long ago when I was just a little brother of the story. (laughs) I was hitchhiking up to Buffalo, New York for the annual story conference. Pastor Andrew and I meet up for a week straight. We eat, sit, chat, sleep, and spoon in a Holiday Inn conference room. Lots of late night gab sessions. Connect Four, clergy gossip, uh yeah, it's what best friends do, okay? Anyway, I was outside Poughkeepsie sticking out my thumb when a minivan pulled to a stop. I ran up to the driver's side window. Where are you going? asked a gaunt man in an Izod polo. Buffalo, please, thank you. My, my, what manners, said a woman from within, obscured by shadow. Guess what? That's where we're going. Join us, won't you? (laughs) So in I go. I sat middle seat between a smiling group of four, and get this, they were all related. You have a nice clean part to your hair, grinned a young boy. Your fingernails are nice and clean, blushed a young girl. Are you nice and clean, said the mother. A clean, nice young man, said the father. Turns out they were what's called a family, and they were looking for a fifth to uh, complete the set. You know what? I'll admit it. I was intrigued at first. Oh, yes, father, sir, mother, dear. I'll be your healthy young man. Give me a shampoo. We sang songs as a group. Mama bought me chicken nuggets, and Dada made me share my Frosty. We watched a bunch of Paw Patrol. Then they checked my scalp for lice. It uh, got to be a lot. Not to kink shame, but this family thing was too per for me. We hit Syracuse and I was like, check please. They dropped me off downtown. Syracuse, if you've never been there, is an abandoned backwater town, a blemish on the map of New York. I'm walking around and this is all I see. Abandoned shoe store, dead dog, dead dog, dead goose, boarded up bistro, hospital on fire, dead dog, hospital on fire. If you gotta sleep a night there, tie a string around your kidney, or else you'll wake up with it gone. 
I saw an old woman in a torn nightgown nailing boards over the window of a pet store. Excuse me, ma'am, but where could a brother of the story get a hot mug of Crocroa? She turned to me with terror in her little dots of pupils. Beware! Beware! Beware of what? I asked with a dazzling smile. Beware! The grave finger! And with that, she ran shrieking down the street. <laughs> what a goof! I walked a few blocks until I found an all-night Arby's. There were a couple teens hanging out in the parking lot, smoking vapes. Sup, partner, slap me that vape, I said. Being a brother of the story, I'm trained to know how to get fresh and current with today's teenagers. The teenager obliged. I sucked down on that Nas. Tape me up before you go-go, I said in loose approximation of the Wham song. Then I plumed not just a plume, but a whole scene. Rings in the sky, vape clouds of rolling hills, and a couple making cloudy love beneath a foggy oak tree. The two teens shared a look, nodded their asymmetric haircuts, and went inside the Arby's. Seconds later, a man in cowboy boots and a pinstripe suit walked out, a bib stained with horsey sauce flapping between his lapels. I'm the mayor of this shithole. He chuckled, wiping his mouth. My kids tell me you're the cool new guy in town. Brother Reed, at your service, I said, offering a hand. He went to shake it when, psych, he pulled his hand away. He totally got me. Listen, we got a problem in this town. Property values are an all-time low. Self-immolations are an all-time high. And people keep screaming. You get me? No one goes to the boutique candle store. No one visits the microbrewery. And the Jamba Juice is vacant. You get what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a grave finger. Some say it was once a man, but I say nay. It's a terrible beast with eyes black as midnight, claws like steak knives, and one terrible finger, the grave finger. One prick from that, and you know what happens? You die? You die! Gosh, just when I thought things couldn't get worse. So, what, you, you want me to kill this beast? Yeah, that's what I want. What's in it for me? I won't give you number two. Number two? I won't give you number two. Okay, uh, but what's number one? And he slapped me. Ow! That's number one. You want number two? No, no, all right, I'll do it, I'll do it. The mayor of Schittsburg sent me to the abandoned circus side of town. Apparently, a circus came to town like eight months ago, the night the Greyfinger arrived, and the carnies were too scared to pack up. So it just sat here, real empty. Hello! I called out to an alley of empty game booths and unclaimed prizes. There was a whole table of fishbowls with dead fish. I picked up a basketball from the b-ball toss and shot a perfect basket. So wish! I'm a regular Mr. Basketball. Whoosh! 
I heard a noise whoosh behind me. I spun around. Hello? Did someone make a whoosh? Whoosh! This time it was closer. Hey, what's with all the whooshing? Whoosh! It was right behind me. I felt a heavy, heavy finger tap my shoulder. Tap, tap, tap. My heart made a thump, thump, like someone banging the bongos. I turned around and... Black eyes, claws like steak knives, a rubbery face unlike any human I ever saw. It's the grave finger! I ran screaming down the alley and into a porto potty. I locked the door and took a scared, hot dump. I have a condition called coward stomach, in which I get the runs really bad when I almost die. But while I was there, I figured what I had to do. You need a plan. And that's just what I did. Made a plan. Of course. And get this, it was a good one. I went back to the Arby's and told the lady at the counter, give me a five for five. Five of them. Sir, that particular deal ended in 2006. Five of them. I hid behind a dumpster full of rotten funnel cake, eyes on the hall of mirrors. I had already completed phase one of my plan, put all the Arby's on the ground. Come on, Greyfinger, chow down on this cheddar and beef, sip this Jamocha shake. Time passed slowly. I doubted myself, the city of Syracuse, and the mayor and his vape boys. Oh, Brother Reed, you're never gonna make it to Buffalo, I bemoaned. Then I heard it. I took a peek and sure enough, a sinister figure clad in a black nightgown with knives for fingers stooped over the Arby's I laid in front of the Hall of Mirrors. It was eating a curly fry. Now was my chance. I ran up behind the gray finger and hit it with a baseball bat. Smack! Clobber! The gray finger was down. Blood everywhere. I had completed the second and final phase of my plan. I knocked the curly fries out of its blade fingers and ate one for myself. Delicious. I had myself a breather. You know, it was funny. <laughs> Up close, the gray finger wasn't scary at all. Those sharp fingers weren't fingers, but actual knives. And that rubbery face wasn't a face at all. I pulled it free. It's a mask, I cried. And underneath, the goofy old woman from earlier in the story. Old lady nightgown? You were the Greyfinger the whole time? And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for that pesky brother Reed. I couldn't believe it. I had saved the city of Syracuse. But why, old lady nightgown? Why'd you do it? Why'd you have to do it? Why? Why'd you do it? That's when she got the sorrowful look in her tiny little pupils. To keep my home! The old lady went on to explain that the property values had been rising, 
and all these niche big money stores were moving in. Her rent had skyrocketed. So to save my home, I had to become more than an old lady in a nightgown. I became an idea, the grave finger. I put on a costume to scare away all the hip new young people. And I would have gone away with it too if it weren't for that pesky brother Reed. You already said that, but now it's over. <laughs> Look what you've done. Yeah, turns out in my short time there as a healthy young man with alabaster skin, downtown Syracuse was called the New Brooklyn by Wealth Magazine. Carnies were breaking down Zeppeli stalls and carny rides, and in their place popped yoga studios, stationery stores, milliners, bakers, chandlers, picklers, and a bar where you throw axes. Meanwhile, government employees were taping eviction notes to every door. Good work, young man! Called the mayor as he strode into the scene, wiping Arby sauce off on his pants. Now that we can displace the original residents, Syracuse can finally flourish! His sons offered me a vape, but I was feeling too sick, too sick to vape. You lied to me! I did what I had to. Now I am Scray. He kicked me in my tuchus, and his sons chased me and the little old lady out of town. Though only for a little. They started wheezing. Those kids vape a lot. The old lady and I walked for miles, exhausted, heartbroken. We shared a single passionate night before a fire of curly fries, bellies full of slaw. Next morning, I woke up and a pair of dogs were eating her. Ain't that just the way, I chuckled. Yeah, so I guess in the end, the monster was me, a monster named Gentrification. It was the best summer of my life. Ooh, that one tickled my heart's little beehole, Brother Reed. How are you feeling now, Pastor Andrew? Pastor Andrew? Aw, he's sleeping. The campfire smoke in here is making me a little sleepy, too. Maybe I should zip open the tent and uh, let some smoke out? Yeah, good idea, but... Uh, I'm getting sleepy, too. Brother Reed? Brother Reed? Hey, congregants listening right now. Do you think he'll wake up if I whisper in his ear? <laughs> Me neither. Okay, okay, here we go. Psst. Brother Reed, I know who you really are. That was The Story Must Be Told, and I am an oak tree. Bark, bark, leaf, leaf. We can't stress how important our Patreon is to the continuation of the story. Patreon.com slash T-S-M-B-T. Here comes a man with an axe. Hello, fella. Hey, uh, what are you doing? Ah! 
Freeze feel pain. For $5.22, you get an exclusive podcast called The 522 Club on the weeks between stories. Hey, buddy, where are you taking my body? What are you doing with that spinning disc? Eww. We use your donations to buy equipment, pay for artwork, produce books, and we're hoarding a bunch of it to make a motherfucking film. They turned me into paper, and now they're doing the worst thing you can do to paper, printing on me. <laughs> Head over to patreon.com TSMBT and keep this old church alive and recording. We'll be back in two weeks with a new story, and it turns out I'm happy I died. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta kill a tree so people can learn about the Church of Latter-day Saints. Thank you, Axeman. No one visits the microbrewery. No. <laughs> the microbrewery. <laughs> Up on down and spoon up a bite of this thick chud. Because I'm going to give it to you straight and fresh. Here we go. See what turns your screw. <laughs> Teakin at him. See what fucking gets your gears out run run running gets your modem processing gets your vacuum sweeping gets your dustbin and dust collecting gets your couch collecting loose change gets your loose change uh, uh, just weighing down your mattress why do you sleep with such full pockets the story must be told This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Yeah!